I thought for a long time I didn't like Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Right? For a long time, I thought I didn't like Brussels sprouts until I had them cooked right. And now it's one of my favorite foods. And you just roast them a little bit, put a little oh, bacon on there. So They're good. Right. Listener, I am shaking my head. I want you to know that. For those of you, for those of you who believe that Brussels sprouts are unlikable, are are not gonna be part of the new creation. What are you I even saying, Beavers? I see you. Crazy. I see you. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of reflection and collaboration as we seek to keep growing as teachers. This podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGroat. And I'm Dave Mulder. Friends, we're always looking for topics of conversation and feedback, so please email us at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Your feedback is important, and we look forward to hearing from you. Dave and Abby, one of the books I'm reading right now is called Why Kids Love and Hate School. The impetus for the book came from a conference the authors organized that was provocatively titled Why Kids Hate School, and they were challenged to rethink the question because someone surmised that more kids actually love school than we realize. Oh, yeah. And the authors agreed, sort of. Hmm. The authors believe that there's a lot about school that students love. They see their friends each day. They escape their parents for a few hours. For others, it's a place where the heat is always on and food is often available. And yet, not only do students not love school or even feel neutral about it, some do actually hate it. I was intrigued by some of the chapter titles. How you teach is what you teach. Students Mm -hmm. don't love school when school doesn't love them back. Mm -hmm. Must we always stay on the struggle bus? (laughs) And invitational learning, building school culture with love. So I guess my wondering today is... Do you think more kids love school than hate school? (laughs) And what might we do to help students love school and keep on loving it? And what do we do when kids hate it? Because some do. And that, I know, makes all of us sad. So just some initial reactions to this idea of, yeah, like, of... Of loving and hating school, like what? How about your own story for each of you? Like, what was your relationship yeah, with yeah. school? And I can ask that. Sure. Yeah, I liked school. Of course, you did. <laughs> <laughs> none of us are surprised. But no, that's great. In a shocking development. Right, right. I don't. All I mean, I don't, like just. I don't remember having negative, like. Wanting to, like, obviously, oh, I'm tired today. I don't feel like getting out of bed sorts of things. Mm, But I cannot remember, like, hating it and having Mm. periods of time where, like, I did not want to go specifically to school. Mm -hmm. Right? So, always. What drew you to go, if I can ask? Because because I think I've been pretty open with you, and and I've referenced it at times. I did not have that relationship Mm -hmm. with school. So so I'm I'm genuinely, and I mean it, genuinely fascinated and intrigued when I run into people who are like, Mm -hmm. no, like, I really actually overall loved school. So, Mm -hmm. like, what what drew you to it, or what, for you, made it, yeah, such a wonderful experience? Yeah, I think people are always my answer to that. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I loved the people I was, like, teachers I felt invested in. Um, I liked classmates, got along. You know, I thought that was that was a good part of my experience. All the adults in the building, I didn't have 
I mean, besides minor things, I don't remember having hugely negative experiences with any sure. of the adults in the building. So yeah. I felt known. Um, I felt like I belonged. I was part of things. And I'm I'm a curious person. I like to learn. I like to read. Yeah. Mm, um, yeah. Comes naturally. I So I loved the work of school, honestly. Yeah. Sure. It was challenging and yeah. intriguing and... I, I would echo a lot of that. Yeah. I, I too, I loved school. Yeah. I loved school as a student. I didn't. I didn't always love classmates. I had mm-hmm. some classmates who were really mean to me, mm-hmm. and so that part was harder for yeah, me. Yeah, that but is hard. As far as like the work of school, uh, like I was good at it. I was good at school. Yeah. If that makes sense. So you felt right? competent. Yeah. yeah. And like I knew, and that sounds kind of cynical, right? Like as if school's a game. But I was good at the game of school, mm-hmm. right? Like I'd figured out how to how to play this game, and um, yeah, I had enough of the skills that are required to do well in school that I tended to do well in school Mm -hmm. and I had a reputation as kind of a teacher's pet to be honest with you I was voted most likely to invite a teacher over for supper by my senior class right (laughs) I know so here I am right and I joke about that sometimes I mean we teach future teachers and who wants to become a teacher well it tends to be the people who are tends to be mm-hmm. people who are good at school, who mm-hmm. loved school. And so that shapes, I think, the way a lot of us in teacher education anyway think about the work that we're doing. Right. How is your experience different, Matt? Yeah, I'm just, as you guys are both talking, I'm really struck if I, if I to be really transparent of the correlation, and I, I don't know the research on this, about the correlation between how kids did academically mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. their love mm-hmm. for school. Yep. I believe that's right? true. So yep. it's, it's like, so how, how much mm. of it is, well, when you, when you do well at school, you're easier to love. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And oh, when, you're, yeah. when school is hard for you... Mm-hmm. Are you harder to love, and do you and do you pick up those uh, do you pick up those messages as as a as a young child or teenager, and do you? I want to believe using your language, assuming good intent, yep, Dave, yep. subconsciously sending messages to students mm-hmm. that they're that they're not loved as much, yeah, because they don't either play the game or have the resources or have the support at home or mm. for whatever whatever reason, and. It, it actually leaves me feeling a little melancholy, as we, yeah. on it, and I didn't anticipate that because before we started this and recorded, we were laughing and joking and telling stories, mm-hmm. and, and suddenly I'm I'm just reflecting on that. Like, so do you have to be good at school hmm. to love school? It's a great question. And I don't know the answer. That's, that is a good question because I'm thinking about some students who I've taught who I would say were not great students. And yet they were some of my favorite students. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. I've definitely takes, had that experience as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And it, but it takes a lot more dedication on my part as a teacher. And the benefit I had as a middle school teacher of teaching kids for multiple years. And right. so even if like at the beginning of it, like, oh, man, this kid is yeah. difficult. And I don't, I don't necessarily like it. You always love them. But mm-hmm. sometimes you don't like the things that they do. Right? And I had some of those students. But as you actually get to know them and yeah. kind of that encounter with them as a real human being, like a whole person, not just my character idea of who this student is. And some of these kids who were very difficult students for me ended up being, I know teachers can never play favorites, you're not supposed to, right? But they became some of my favorite students that Mm -hmm. I got to teach. And I'd like to think that made a difference for the way they felt about school too. I don't know that for a fact, but I I think it matters. Well, and I think having 
I agree with you that it's harder for kids who are who find school difficult to feel at home because mm. so much of it is academically oriented. Yeah, right? right. But I think schools have done are doing a better job of creating spaces for a lot of different kids to thrive in. Right. I look at FFA programs. I look at. Um, just the variety of extracurriculars that are available that weren't mm, yeah. when I was in school. Um, I look at the ways that my kids are drawn into community that have nothing to do with school yeah. at their school. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right? Um, yeah. And those are all things, I mean, those sound like maybe some small tweaks, but mm-hmm. they end up being not insignificant for the yeah. for the kids right. who are benefiting yeah. from that, right? Yeah. yeah. I just... I can just remember, and again, this is a long time ago, a long time ago, <laughs> but, I, but I can imagine that at some level, or maybe it, it, it looks different today, like all those things are good, and I was involved in some of those things, but but in the end, you're still, school is about academic results. Yeah. Like it is. Still, That's the purpose. Right? It is, right? right? Is, and, and at some point, I just remember, and I again, as I'm talking about it, the memory is so vivid for me of just... Here comes another test back mm-hmm. uh, yeah. as we hand them out publicly, knowing exactly how I did, and it was it was never good, and it was just like I, I and I think in the in the end, just feeling and some of it my own doing. Like let's be really clear, I also made choices. Like I got a, sure, own, a right. lot of that story, folks, but just also. Yeah, deciding to play the game in a different way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. I played the game. I played the game of well, I know how. I know how this goes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to live into that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm. You get beat down with, with your grades aren't good enough or your academic results aren't aren't good enough. Um, well, then I remember yelling loudly how bad I did or how poorly, mm-hmm. bragging about homework not being done because. Because I, I could work so hard, right? And it still was it never felt good mm-hmm. enough. And then and then how discouraging is that? And and I think that's why I think I can I can react sometimes to even things when I'm in a school and I see honor rolls or I mm. see it's like because it's like for so many students like myself, you could work so hard and mm. never get up on that mm-hmm. board. And f- and for others, they get up on there with hardly. Much like it right. came easy to them, and that's a gift from God. Like that yeah, they were, yeah. so it just it well, just it just makes me as I'm thinking as I'm replaying it all in in my head. And again, many years ago, but I just think, what must that be like for students today? That right, right. That it, you want to play the game on your own terms, then? Yeah, right? totally. Not, not as it's dictated to you. Totally, right? and I'm gonna, then I'm going to make my own rules. Right, because the rules the rules that have been set don't work for me. Yeah. Right, and then it, and then it, well, then I, I started reacting, and I would, like I said, I and I I own I have to own a ton of that story. I wonder how much of that is reflective of the systems that we've built yeah. into schools. Well, sure, right. So if kids don't love school, is it something about the way that we're doing it that's right, making exactly. it unpleasant for them in some way? Like the, for example, <laughs> the four grading scale, yeah. right? Mm, like. Mm-hmm. It in many ways, right? It does right. not serve student learning. Yeah, 
So I'm thinking about, sorry, I'm going down a weird path. In Intro to Ed the other day, we were talking about intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so hear me out on this, right? Um, the, the idea, there are some people who would say intelligence is something that you have or you don't have, right? Yeah. Like this is the IQ test version. We can mm-hmm. measure exactly how much intelligence you have. And I was pushing on that with students and talking about multiple intelligence theories. And I really like um, Sternberg's triarchic theory of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm going to go yeah. geek out here for a second, right? So Sternberg's triarchic theory says, yes, there is such a thing as analytical intelligence. That would be like what we typically would call book smarts, school smarts, right? You're good at literacy and mathematics and logical thinking and stuff. But there's also practical intelligence, mm-hmm. and that would be what we'd call street smarts, right? Yeah. So like some people just can read the room and know how mm-hmm. they're supposed to react, right? And then there's also creativity, which mm-hmm. he also calls intelligence, creative yeah. intelligence. Mm-hmm. You can generate novel solutions to problems. In schools, we typically promote and value analytical intelligence at the detriment of practical and creative intelligence, right? And so it just has me wondering, could we find ways of making all of those intelligences equally valuable Mm -hmm. in school, right? Mm -hmm. So that you're going to have kids who have different relative strengths, and they're bringing their strengths to bear, right? And so not every kid is going to have the same level of analytical. That doesn't let them off the hook. We want to grow that for every kid. But let's celebrate what they bring Mm -hmm. to this then, right? Mm -hmm. But I think think as long as you have a 4.0 GPA... All that's good. Right. It still says what we value above it. And maybe there's no way to avoid that. Like, I'm not, I'm I'm just, that's part of the game of school, I still think, right? It's like, in the end, Mm -hmm. and all those other things are good, and, and, but in the end, we're, how do we avoid helping students correlate their value yeah. against yeah. the GPA. Well, and that's the problem. And maybe right? it's impossible. Okay, okay. So then let's build a better... Okay, I'm going to make a weird analogy here, right? Like, I thought for a long time I didn't like Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Right? For a long time, I thought I didn't like Brussels sprouts until I had them cooked right, and now it's one of my favorite foods. And you just roast them a little bit, put a little oh, bacon on there. So They're good. Right. Listener, I am shaking my head. I want you to know that. For those of you, for those of you who believe that... Brussels sprouts are unlikable, are are not gonna be part of the new creation. What are you I even saying, Beavers? I see you. For the record, the bacon was my suggestion and it like takes it to another level. So I'm good. serious. Like cut them up, put like tiny pieces of bacon on a sheet pan with olive oil and salt and pepper. It's like a new oh it's still del- oh, it's like it's candy. so good, Matthew. It's delicious. This is like the answer to everything in Iowa. Put bacon on it. Like it. <laughs> put bacon on it and roast it. And roast it. It'll be delicious. Deep fat fried. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> to my point though. Yeah. So what if we find okay, we're not putting bacon on our schools here. Mm-hmm. Although that probably it's wouldn't hurt, but no. But I, I mean this in all seriousness, right? Like could we reimagine things in such a way like what if what if the yeah. recipe we're following is wrong right and i mean that's a pretty bold right. thing to suggest like what okay if we're, i'm looking at the cover of the book you have here why kids love and hate school yeah. i want every student to love school i wish that they would yeah. maybe that's pie in the sky to think everyone's going to love school but what am i going to do as a teacher what am i going to do as a school leader that's going to make this a place where every kid can flourish yeah it's interesting as you said that too like i'm i am suddenly thinking even in my own like, when I started reading this book, I have no problem confessing that I'm 50 years old. And the, in the introduction, they talk about how um, the, the question they brought up that I shared earlier was, why, why do kids hate school? And someone said, well, I think more kids actually love school. They're more wired mm-hmm. to. And it, it's never occurred to me in my life. And part of that's probably because of my own story. Sure. 
Like, really? You think more kids love school than hate school? Mm-hmm. I've, n- I've never actually considered that. And yet, I, that... They might be they might be right. And so yeah, yeah. that that's part of my question is is I wonder if the reimagining is how do we leverage that most students actually come in loving it? Right. Like, like, and I'd that say that's really school? true for younger grades. I'd say that's even more true. Yeah, yeah the younger kids tend to mm-hmm. love school more. Mm-hmm. And so is there something we're doing that's right. kind of squashing that love? Because right. I would say by the time I saw kids in middle school, some of them are getting kind of jaded. And yeah. that, they still, you can usually get them at right. middle school, but they didn't all love it anymore. And mm-hmm. I wonder that for high school, mm-hmm. you taught high school for a lot of years. Oh, so there that, was lots of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's just kind of squashed yeah. out of them. Oh, absolutely. But that, mm. so, so what's the bacon? I think it's work that they care about and that mm. and that they can invest themselves in that see that they see worthy of their time right if the curriculum is meaningful and accessible for mm-hmm. for students right so things that they're going to care about and things that connect with right. their their lives now that's a br- big ask maybe right because I think okay when I taught eighth grade math and I'm teaching them graphing inequalities and I have a kid who said, Mr. Mulder, when are we ever going to use this in real life? And my answer is, you're not, right? Because you're not in real life. Like, what are you ever going to graph inequality? That's a math class thing. Okay. So how do I make that accessible and meaningful for students? Can we bring in some playfulness? Can we bring in some sort of meaning that's going to make this enjoyable for who they are right now as a 13 year old, right? Right. And, And that makes me wonder about and, and how do you do that without knowing your students? Oh, my goodness, right? yes. which, I think, right. which I think is part of, um, which I think is part of the, how, how do you help students love school or, or grow their love or at least, yeah. Yeah, I, I think part of it is, is, is just knowing them, right? Knowing what they're passionate about. Like, this is why I just think things like check-in questions, like trying to yes. ask them what they need to feel supported. What is it? What is like? What do you want me? How do you want me to speak to you when things go wrong, or what mm-hmm. do you need when things are spiraling out, out of control? Is is actually get to know what they need, like they're like to elevate their voices that that they have value. Now that doesn't make all the problems go away, but I do think, hey, when you when you struggle in school, at, at least I'm at least I'm known. Like I'm, yeah, it's clear right. to me mm-hmm. my teacher values me. Right. Beyond beyond the grades and and like I said, without pointing fingers, I'm not sure that I in looking back that I sometimes I knew that, mm-hmm. but also other times I knew I wasn't enough or yeah. I I wasn't known. I, I was I was just telling a story to our friend Justin about how I was when I was seven or eight years old would spend hours by myself sorting out hockey cards like hours, mm-hmm. and that's where I learned how to do math. Adding oh, up goals yeah. and assists and penalty minutes mm-hmm. um, on the back, and I and I and at some point, like, I was really good at math, and by grade ten, I hated math. Mm. But I but I just remember thinking like this. So there was an example. Like I was, I would have done anything in math if it would have been related to what I was passionate sure. about. Right. right. But you you say graph what inequalities? Yeah, right. I, I get a shiver that goes up the back. <laughs> Again, I'm fifty. I don't even know what that what that means. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so I do think part of it is how do you how do you leverage 
A, their love for school, and mm-hmm. how do you leverage what they're passionate about, what, what their, mm-hmm. their giftedness is mm-hmm. about. But, Dave and Abby, the question still for me is, like, there are kids who do hate it, or it's just right. hard, and, and there could be reasons outside of our classroom that we have no yep. control over. Like, is there other things that you're thinking of? Is like, hey, like, when it was hard... Yeah, what do you and is it possible to, to move those school those students along yeah. in a different trajectory, I guess? I, I think what you were saying, Matt, about having every every student needs to have a cheerleader uh, on the faculty, right? They they have to have a teacher, at least one teacher who they feel a strong, solid yeah. connection because I think there's a, a kind of social and emotional support that comes through that that you are seen and you are cared for and you are loved, regardless of anything you've done or not done. Yeah. That you're going to have someone mm-hmm. who's just going to advocate for you, and that means teachers, we've got to spend the time yeah. to get to know the students yeah. for for that. Is that going to solve all our problems? No, no. but it won't hurt. It reminds me. It reminds me, Dave. I, my friend Larry was telling was telling a story about how at one of their pro D meetings, they put a picture of every student on the wall in the faculty room, and basically what they did is they all got like a, a dot or something, and they said if you feel like you have a deep relationship and know this student, put put a dot by him. Mm, yep. And at the end, then they started noticing and wondering the students who don't have dots, mm-hmm. right? And I just thought that's a... What a great idea. I just thought that's that powerful. was so powerful, right? Yeah. Even as he was telling me, I was like, man, I wish I would have done thought of that as a yeah. principal because, because I think part of it is I have often assumed, well, that student's known by mm-hmm. someone in the school, mm-hmm. but, but essentially what they're saying is actually, no, not everyone right. is... Yes. Does know yeah. that. Small yeah. groups can be another effective way yeah. to organize oh, yes. that, yeah. right? Yeah. That have outside of academics some yeah. sort of a mm-hmm. homeroom or a small group. Or yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other, I'm going to come back to that sense of curriculum being meaningful and relevant. I think, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. the caring adults, yes, we need yeah. to have that. But I also think we need to do a better job, perhaps, at looking at the curriculum and saying, what, what are we actually trying to do with, right. with this curriculum? And what's the big picture here? Versus right. the minutiae. Yes. Yeah. Right. right. What are we working towards? Let's what is our goal here? What is our what is the provocative question that we're trying to answer? Yeah. What are we trying to discover? Yeah. Things that students are actually going to care about yes. and that matter for more than the sixty minutes of today's class. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it ma- that makes me wonder, Abby, when you said that is like is maybe the question you know, and I read this somewhere. The question isn't what do, what do you want to be. The question for students should be, what problem do you want to solve? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think even even their answer to that would give us some mm-hmm. indication mm-hmm. into who they are and what they value. And, and would reorient the purpose of school. Yeah. Oh, yes. Versus yeah. I want to get a job so that I can be successful yeah. to how can yeah. I contribute to God's world, right? How yeah. can I right. be a disciple? Friends, we know that your time is valuable, and we want to thank you for joining us today for another Hallway Conversation. Whether it is this day, this week, this month, or this school year, we hope the Lord gives you what you stand in need of. And we'd like to send you from here with this blessing. So to our listeners, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week. This podcast was literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. 
Hey, we have a favor to ask of you. Would you be willing to rate this podcast or write a review in your podcast app? Or if you found this conversation interesting or helpful, would you consider sharing it on your social media? Those things really do help podcasters out and we would be so, so grateful. Thanks for listening, friends. Oh, let's do it. I have no, I, I literally have no idea how I would, I'm going to answer this question. Nebraska. Mm. What a country. What a state. Sorry. <laughs> 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 <laughs>